Welcome to episode 216 of I Am Talk, your weekly fix in all things Iron Man. Right, guys, welcome along to episode 216 of I Am Talk with Coach John Newsom and Bevan James Isles. But unfortunately, it's only Bevan James. Well, maybe fortunately, <laughs> it's only Bevan James Isles here today. Uh, John is in Poland and we couldn't get internet connection. So today's show is going to be a little bit of a shorter one. But before we kick into it, uh, I Am Talk is proudly brought to you by Coffees of Hawaii. Get onto Coffees of Hawaii for the world's best coffee you will love and you'll be addicted to for the rest of your life and then athlinks.com for social networking uh, tracking results and social connection with endurance athletes all around the world so today's show will be a little bit different just because john's not here and uh we'll actually talk about all the news because there's a lot of news been happening over the last couple of weeks uh wtc have released some new pro uh rules and ways to run in the race but one thing they have done this time which is quite cool is they've actually put it out there first so the pros can come back and submit some ideas to them. It'll be interesting to see if that changes the influence. But we're going to talk about all that information on next week's show. And today's show, we actually have an interview with a lady called Lauren Harsh, and she's the lady who wrote the book, How to Date a Triathlete. So uh, we, we had someone send through the, the book a few weeks ago, and uh, so we thought we'd get her on the show. And she's also, if you're on Facebook, she has a fan page which is called How to Date an Endurance Athlete. And uh, she, she's a really good interview. She's spent a lot of time being with an athlete, and so she thought she'd do some research into what it is that us athletes can learn you know, so we can have successful relationships as an Ironman athlete. And uh, I think you've, most of us can actually pick up some pretty great tips from this interview. So I'm going to check that on right away. Just to be aware that there are a few little crackles in the interview, but they're, they're pretty minor, and uh, you get the main content as well. So here's Lauren right now. Okay, so on the show today we have Lauren Harsh, and a few weeks ago on the show we sent through someone sent us through a link to a book called How to Date a Triathlete, and John and I being boys, we probably wouldn't be too good at this subject, so we thought we'd actually get Lauren on the show today to have a talk about her book and her views on how to survive with us tough people to be with. How are you going, Lauren? Hello, how are you guys? <laughs> really, really good. So, first of all, tell us how you got the idea to write this book. Well, actually, how it all started was I moved to Southern California from New Jersey, and I started dating an Ironman triathlete. So, wearing spandex, a man being thinner than me, prettier than me, riding his bike <laughs> four hours a day, which is not something I was used to. Uh, nor the lifestyle, so uh, that's kind of, and I found that I wasn't the only one that was a little little caught off guard by this uh, Iron Man thing, so that's kind of how it started and where I got the idea. What was it like at first, you know, because we are a strange bunch and there aren't many of us out there, so what was it like when you first met your partner, for you? Um, well, it was just crazy because I was I was looking to have cocktails at noon, and he was looking to ride his bike till like you know four in the afternoon. So our schedules were definitely a little different. Yeah. Um, even going to the food store was was different. It was you know watching what I what I bought or you know being conscious of what meals I made, um, and then also just the addiction of talking about like nutrition and training and and bikes and. I mean, I thought a bike was just something you rode around town, not yeah. just like $7,000. Yeah, craziness. So, yeah, it was like a whole new language. <laughs> oh, oh, 
always I always wonder about this. You know, like, did you become ultra aware of yourself? Because uh, often when you're around people who are, you know, ultra disciplined, like most Ironman athletes are, did you sort find that you started to look at yourselves and that could maybe have had a negative impact because you had more of a relaxed lifestyle? I did. You know, what? I'm not gonna lie. I went to a few of the races, and you know, I. I rode crew in college. I considered myself in shape. And then I went and saw all these, you know, women that were racing with my now husband. And I'm like, wow, these are some lean chicks. So there was a period of time where I was super self-conscious where I thought, like, maybe this is what he wants. And maybe I need to be doing these marathons and sign up for half Ironmans. And, um, but then I realized, like, you know what? It's just not me. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but, yeah, there was a time I was kind of self-conscious. And, and it's a really important message, isn't it, eh? Because... Um, I think a lot of people who end up going out with athletes think that they, they want their athlete partner to be like them, don't they? Yeah, well, it's funny. I did. I surveyed a lot of um, professional triathletes, amateur, and one thing that I found, which I found that typically if you do triathlon, you don't want to date somebody that does triathlon just because you need an outlet. Yeah. You need somebody that can talk to you about something else besides, you know, what you rode that day or what your split times are. Yeah. So it was kind of funny to see how many people didn't want to date somebody that did it. Yeah, yeah, that's, and I think it's quite an important message, isn't it? Yeah, it definitely gives a balance. <laughs> yeah, so, so, so you kind of, uh, after, you, after being with your partner wearing the spandex and stuff, you obviously got inspired to write a book at some stage. At what point did you get that inspiration and how did you go about preparing to write the book? Well, um, we were actually flying over in 2008 over to Ironman Austria, and I kind of had this vision where it was going to be like this romantic trip in Austria, and then we arrived to the airport, and first we get like whacked with charges, we we have the bike with us, and then we have all the other gear that we got to like get through, and then we get on the plane, and I'm like, oh my gosh, maybe we'll do like a night here or something here, and then I realized... My husband's not going to make out with me. He's going to race. He's not going to make out with me the night before, the night after. Like, he's not going to drink. This, like, it just kind of hit me. Wow. So I kind of said to him, you know, not to be vulgar, but I was like, unless my boobs produce Gatorade, none of this is going to happen. So I kind of just started jotting down funny stuff like that. And that's how the book came about. It was more of like my journal and stuff I've learned and learned to kind of laugh at. And so, and, no. you, and you did research, so you actually have gone along to other athletes and their partners and then done some research into the book? I did, I did. I went to um, a, a lot of local out here in San Diego, even actually a few um, athletes out there in Australia, and it was just so much fun, but the one thing that kind of kept recurring is that as a partner of an endurance athlete, you have to have your own life. Yeah. And they definitely need a partner that's independent, has their own thing, and can't, you know, just revolve their life around them because their their priority is training and their yeah. priority is doing well and qualifying. And you, you got to take a back seat, and you're not going to change them. <laughs> so I suppose one question for for us athletes out there is: Do we have to be careful in the kind of partners we choose? Mm-hmm. Oh, I'm sorry, Ben. Can you repeat that? Um, for for the athletes out there, you know, for the Ironman athletes, do we have to be careful in the kind of partners, you know, do we have to choose partners that are more accepting of our lifestyle? And if so, what are some of the things we need to look for in a partner? Oh, yeah, definitely. I would definitely pick somebody with an already, you know, healthy lifestyle. It doesn't necessarily need to be a triathlete, but maybe someone that just does like 5Ks or 10Ks with somebody, you know, or even just spin class or Pilates, but somebody that does understand that, 
you too want to live a healthy lifestyle. Yeah. Um, the other thing is they really need to be independent. Um, they can't be the kind of girl that's going to be calling you up nonstop and, you know, wants you to snuggle in the morning and because yep. you're, you're out on your 5 a.m. ride. So you need to find someone that's extremely independent, um, also healthy and very, very patient. <laughs> yeah. So I always let, I mean, standing out there, you hope, you hope your partner, if they're fast, they're, they're only going to be out there for about nine hours and 30 minutes. But, yeah. you know, there's days you're out there for almost 12 hours. So you got to have some patience. Yeah, yeah. And, and what about in regards to some tips for um, for the hard times, you know, because us athletes, you know, like I know when I was really doing Ironman, my relationships did struggle because I was so one-focused. And, and, and what are some tips to help maybe the athletes out there think about how they can survive a relationship through these tough times? Well, I think getting your family involved is a really big thing. Um, I got involved with, you know, Challenge Athletes Foundation, and that was an organization I felt that I could volunteer with and still be involved in the tri-community without actually doing the races. Yep. Um, so, it, so, you know, even volunteering the day of the race is so much fun, you know, handing out water, bringing sunblock. I mean, that's a blast. Yeah. Um, there's another um, person I talked to, and, you know, they have three kids. So what they do is the children will meet them the last mile of their run or their bike and bike or run with them in during their training rides. Great. Just so the kids feel like they had a really big part of helping their dad race. Yeah, that's a great idea, isn't it? Um, yeah. Another thing is um, Peter and I, we I get to pick the destination races. Oh, do so you? Oh, that's a cool my, idea. Yeah. 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 So, you know, if you're going to dedicate all this time, then I want to pick where we're going. And we typically fly in only a couple days before the race, and then we make our vacation on the back end. And okay. that was something that took years of kind of communicating, but it's a few tips. <laughs> and, and how did your partner find you about going about that? You know, because he probably had some races in his mind that he'd love to go, but to give up that control, I imagine it's maybe a hard thing for an athlete to do. Has he been cool with that? He's actually has, I think, because I've picked really cool races. Okay. So, <laughs> um, no, but he's really, you know, obviously we kind of discuss it and finances go into it and stuff like that. But, no, it's been it's been a lot of fun. Um, and he's always, I think, surprised. Like, this year I picked Ironman Germany, so we're actually leaving Wednesday to head out to Germany. And uh, wow. One year I would love to do um, the Canary Islands, so hopefully that will be maybe 2012. But, yeah, um, yeah I mean... Yeah, I mean, it works for us, but uh, I would definitely also root for, you know, communication and sitting down and going over expenses and what's what's even affordable first. (laughs) And so your approach in the book, how how did you approach writing the book and putting in a form factor? And and you're obviously targeting the book more at the partners of the athletes, or is it kind of for the athlete and the partner to read? Um, It's actually for both. Um, I think it's I think both are going to take something from it. It definitely has more of a humorous approach. Yeah. Um, I actually worked with um, Anne Wayman, who uh, helped, I don't know if you're familiar with, um, Men Are From Mars, Women Are From Venus. Yeah, yeah, totally. She helped along with all those books. So she was actually um, a woman I partnered up with um, to kind of make my book look like something people actually want to read yeah. instead of my journal. Yeah. But um, it, it, it's, it's humorous. It's, Definitely very black and white where um, I do talk about, you know, your ass, this is who your athlete is and whether they're addicted to training or addicted to golf or sitting in a bar for four hours, yeah. what, what would you rather? Yeah. Um, so it's kind of a harsh reality, I think, for both. And it does discuss things that people can do as a couple, as a team to make your family feel more involved. 
Which I think is really important now because you can't really falsify these things if you're going to go into a situation where you've got this person whose who's worth comes from training um, to, to say that they can't do that or to just being ignorant about it. There's going to be problems in the long term, aren't there? Oh, I'm sorry, can you repeat that? If you're going to have a partner whose who's self-worth comes from, you know, from training, if, if you go into it blind, there's going to be problems eventually, aren't there? You are. Um, I mean, if you think about it, if you're, if you're any kind of athlete, an injury will come. Yep. Um, it's only a matter of when. So I think the first problem is if, if that's how your person defines himself, yeah. it, it, it's scary altogether. Um, but to have a partner that's already trying to change you with that, that just has red flag written all over it. Yeah. So. Do you ever advise people to break up? You know, because, like, I know that's a hard thing to say, but, you know, sometimes there are situations where people just don't fit. Does, do you cover that? Well, I think also, I mean, one thing that I found, which is really fascinating, is about 75% of triathletes are divorced. Really? Wow, that so, is crazy, isn't it? Which is a huge, I mean, seeing that, um, you know, in the United States, it's 50% of Americans, and then just in the triathletes, 75% wow. is crazy. I, I, and I, I think that this... Oh, no, I was just going to say, when, when we do epic camps, um, most of the boys on epic camps are divorced, yeah. So, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah they actually did a study over at um, UCSD on it, and then I kind of further researched it a little bit, but... I mean, if you think about how many people do you know that you train with that are divorced? A yeah. lot. Yeah, yeah. And a lot of it comes from the lifestyle not picking a partner that's willing to deal with the lifestyle, or maybe they thought they were capable of it, and then in the long run, we're like, you know what, this isn't for me. Yeah. So I suppose the question I have is, how can an athlete appreciate what their partner brings into their life more? Well, I think the one thing I think the athlete needs to realize is, I, mean, I personally know my husband, he qualified for Kona this year. Yep. He couldn't have done it without me. And I, I say that kind of with, you know, maybe a little cocky, but I think, you know, sending text messages during the day and saying, you know, what, I really appreciate that protein shake you made me in the morning yep. or just, you know, even a, a little random card just saying, hey, you know what, thanks for being so understanding this weekend because it was my long ride. Yep. And I think the biggest thing for me is I think the athlete needs to realize that on race day, your partner feels like they're racing too. Yep. I mean, they're checking their, their internet, seeing where they're at. Um, I mean, gosh, my nerves, I mean, God forbid, I don't see their split. I think maybe there's a flat on the road, you know? Yeah. So I think really just giving them a hug at the end of the race and just saying, thank you. Yeah. You know, and just, I mean, it's, I know for women, it's the little stuff. And sometimes I think guys don't get that, but it's very much the little details and stuff that they could do to make them feel more appreciated. Yeah, yeah. I, I'll speak to my own experience here. I once had a partner when I was doing my sport, and the, at the end of the day, we broke up, and it was basically one of the main reasons was was because I didn't make her feel valued in the experience, and so yeah. she, she felt she added no value to my life. And the sad thing was, is when I broke up with her, I really recognised that I actually really needed her, and you know, so be it. But um, you know, like going forward from that relationship, I learned that I had to show my partner where she added value to my life and, and I had to do those small things a lot to make sure she recognized yeah. that. Yeah. Yeah, and it's, I mean, it's just, I mean, like I said, even just a little email, like, I know I wasn't around a lot this weekend, but, you know, I hope you know this race and, you know, me qualifying, I feel like the both of us are qualifying. So, 
just a little stuff like that, I mean, goes such a long way. And um, one of the things I actually, I get a lot of questions like that on my Facebook page, um, how to date an endurance athlete. Yep. And actually a few of the guys from the tri club said, can you just give us a tip every week? But now I think the women started picking up that they're on my page getting my tip because they're like, yeah, I just saw this and he just did this. <laughs> <laughs> so I think, I think a few got caught, but I mean, it's, it's definitely the little things. And regards to when the, tra- when the partner's not in, you know, your husband obviously is training for Kona now and when it, after Kona, what, what are some of the things that the partner, the triathlete can do in the off season to kind of get some brownie points back in the emotional bank account? Oh my gosh. Offer to take a vacation without a race. Okay. I've actually have never ever been on a vacation with my husband that has not revolved around a race. <laughs> and I know a lot of other people are the same way. I think I would, cry if he ever came over and just said, hey, you know, let's go away for a week and I'm not bringing the bike. Yeah. Or even just saying, what do you want to do? What would you like to do this weekend? And yep. I think just asking something like that would be would be awesome. And, and believe me, again, if it's a woman, they'll throw you hints. You just, gotta, you just have to listen. But the one thing I think I learned through this book is I'm still learning and it's definitely not easy being the wife of any kind of athlete, especially yeah. not an Ironman athlete. Yep. So you're allowed to vent and you can throw yourself a pity party, but bottom line, this is what you chose. So you either need to support it or get off the boat. Yep. What about regards to um, children? You know, when you've got a family and you've got children and, and your partner chooses to do a sport that is very consuming and kind of self-focused, well, what, like you, you gave the tip before of you know getting the kids to meet them at the end of the training session and things like that. But what are some other things so that the kids don't miss out on their, their mother or their father who are training for an Ironman? Because it's such an important topic, isn't it? It is. It really is. And I, I actually, we're actually pregnant with our first, so this is something we're going to learn firsthand. But talking to a lot of the children, it's funny. As long as the parent includes them. Those kids are just so proud of their parent that they're racing and my dad's faster than so-and-so's dad or my mom's better than her mom, you know. But I think that the Iron Kids is an amazing thing that gets children involved. Um, Typically now, almost every race is going to have an Iron Kids race the day before where the kids can do like a smaller race. But I think the other big thing is try to train early. Saturday and Sunday mornings, I know a lot of people like to go to church. Try to wake up early and do those rides so you can still go with your family to church and spend the afternoon with them because that's what's important. I mean, races will come and go, but I think you you have to have your priorities straight where your kids do need to come first, so. Yeah, yeah, there really is. Yeah, (laughs) kids are important, aren't they? Um, And so what are are some other little quick tips that maybe you could give to us in regards to, uh, for us athletes out there who are hopeless with with their partners? (laughs) (laughs) Um, I, I think th- there is somebody out there for you. I truly believe that. Um, I do believe there's a partner for everybody. I think it's just being patient and not settling. Yeah. Um, also really being selective, not just dating, just a date. And the one thing I would recommend is don't date in your tri club because that just seems to be a mess. So really, really, really. if you're tra- if you're tra- don't date the person you're training with because that never goes well. But really have a, you know an idea of what you're looking for in a partner and um, as somebody to be possibly the father or the mother of your children. So and don't don't stray away from that and you'll you'll definitely find somebody. And what about the, the point where you feel you are being destructive to your relationship? 
you know, because sometimes, you know, you can start to recognize the signs in the relationships that things are going down a path that aren't so good. How can we maybe snap out of that and re- realign ourselves back on a path together? You know, because, you know, at the moment we're assuming that things are good and you've kind of come from a place where, you know, you've, you've talked about it and you've communicated well, so you've worked out the strategy. What about the person who's gone into triathlon, who's been in a relationship before, and the partner's not really adapting to it? What are some things that we can do to maybe make it more so the relationship can work through those times? Well, I think um, I'm a big fan of, you know, that's where counseling might want to come in, but I think you also, the athlete needs to deep, you know, dig deeper in their heart and realize, you know, is this a phase or and am I, you know, a triathlete? Yep. Is this something I'm just doing for myself or am I doing this, you know, because it is a selfish sport. I yep. mean, there's not, I mean, it's a selfish sport, um, but I think they need to, is this their lifestyle something they're going to be doing permanently? Is it worth losing your spouse over? Yeah. Um, and it might be something as simple as just taking a year off, which honestly your body probably needs anyway. Yeah. Or maybe just focusing on shorter distance for that year as opposed to training for, you know, for an Ironman, maybe just doing sprints and Olympics and, you know, working on your running that year. But um, that's where I think you need to really kind of think how much do you love this person and how much are you willing to give up for them. But then in turn, the partner needs to realize if this is part of their personality, this is them. So whether they can tune it back for a year or not, they need to realize this, this is part of who they are. And if they give it up, they're going to resent you. Okay, great. What about regards to uh, communication? Uh, for the male triathlete, we, we tend to, if I'm, if I'm going to stereotype them into one kind of personality type, which is pretty hard to do, but, you know, we do tend to be the kind of people who think we can take on any challenge by ourselves. Um, and, yeah. that's, and that's maybe one of our biggest downfalls. But at the same time, before that reason, we often don't communicate our struggles um, or how we feel about certain situations. So what are some of the things that we can do to improve our communication skills in a relationship? Um, I think it's a little, again, it's kind of the little things. I know, I, I don't, every, I think, I personally think you're all type A's. That's just me. Yep. <laughs> I think a lot of athletes have that type A personality. And especially if you're going past where you hurt, you're, you're crazy to me. I, I don't get it, but yep. that, that's what, you know, that's what it is. But I think, um, what it, it's so hard for men to communicate in general. Yeah. They think something as small as even writing on a calendar, like here's my workout for the week. So if you want to go to the farmer's market this day, or you want to go to the pub, here's a good time we can get this in. Yep. So that's kind of a good small communication tool. And typically if you have a coach, they email you your workouts weekly or monthly anyway. So you yep. just copy it down the family calendar and you can kind of follow that. Yeah. Um, you know, if a journal works for you, I would use a journal. Um, but any way that you kind of find yourself having a little bit of an outlet. Yeah. But guys are tough. Guys don't like to talk about emotions or anything like that. So um, that's, fi- I'm going to put that back on them. <laughs> well, I find it really interesting because I think one of the problems being a man is that we often assume the response of our partner. So, for example, we may think that if we're going to have to tell them we have to do a six-hour ride on Sunday and that they're going to be upsetable about it, we, we leave it to the last minute. So because we don't communicate yeah. the thing early, then we tell them Saturday night, oh, by the way, I'm going to do a six-hour ride tomorrow. Our partner gets really annoyed with us, whereas if we'd actually communicated earlier on in the week and said, okay, this, this ride's really important, babe. You know, it's a Sunday. You know, what can I do to make it work for you? You know, that would have solved a lot of the problems. I totally agree about it. I totally agree. And 
it's the calendar. Actually, we just kind of came up with that idea about six or seven months ago because as soon as you know race season started and here, just like every other partner, I'm like, oh, on Sunday we'll do this, or yeah. maybe we'll go down to the beach. And he's like, same thing. You wait till the last minute because you think you're going to get in trouble. Yeah. Then we're more pissed because now. Yeah. <laughs> So now at least I know, and especially when friends call you for plans and stuff, I can be like, you know what? We can't do it that day because he has this, but we can do this. Yep. But then your job um, as the athlete is to not be falling asleep at the table for like out to dinner. <laughs> yeah, yeah which, is a, which is a big thing, you know, because we, we burn energy, don't we? So, so how does your partner yeah. get around doing that? Um, I, I think I've actually learned it's not worth it to have him fallen asleep at dinner. What I actually, one trick I learned is I started putting instant coffee in his protein shake. So when he gets <laughs> back, I do about a tablespoon of instant coffee so he gets that little caffeine jolt. And then I know we're good for about another four hours. Yeah, and then he can crush um, it into the body. Yeah, yeah. So he can usually make it in. Um, you know, and the, I mean, and the other thing I know a lot of the women we're actually talking about is their men falling asleep, they're in the mood and their guys like crashing and asleep in bed. And they're yeah. like, are you kidding me? It's like eight o'clock and I'm looking to make out. Yeah. So that's another thing where you got to kind of talk about it. And sometimes guys just wake up, just yeah. wake up already. Like we'll make it easy for you. Just wake up. <laughs> no, it's, no, it's interesting. Cause I remember a few years ago, um, a few female friends of mine when I was up, up in Auckland for work and they were saying to me, oh, you, you guys must be amazing in bed. And, and I kind of thought to myself, actually, I, I think you probably find most Iron men don't have a lot of sex because they're too tired. You know, it's, it's not that they're not good at it, but it's more just the fatigue factor can remove some of the, you know, the sexual activity in their life. I agree. I do not think the endurance athlete carries over to the bedroom. Yeah. And my husband's probably going to kill me on that one, but <laughs> I, with every woman... I've talked to, it's just, yeah, you can edit that out. No, but everyone I talk to says the same thing where, and typically women at night are ready. Women at night are in the mood. Guys are typically in the mood in the morning. Yeah. But when you're dating an endurance athlete, you guys are ready at like 5 a.m. Yeah. And it's like, I don't think so. Yeah. So, you know, you definitely, I think, um, you know, you know, sending dirty text messages while they're out on the bike, you yeah. know, or you know, kind of leaving little notes and kind of building up the mood yep. a little bit um, will definitely help them stay awake a little bit more. But that's just kind of a fact of it is that they're, during training season until they're tapering, it, it's just it's just going to happen. So. so you're going to make the most of the taper, you reckon? <laughs> exactly. Love that taper season, yeah. But, like, I know it takes a bit of the spontaneity out of it, but is it actually worth planning some time for some relationship, romantic time with your partner? I do think sometimes, um, I think sometimes not all the time. I do think what does work is planning like a date night or a date day. Um, You know, that's always good to do on the short ride days or the days that you know they only have like a short run and maybe a lift. Um, So I I guess putting it back on the partner, be smart about it. I mean, if you know he did a six-hour ride today, don't be forcing them to go out to dinner and have wine with you. I mean, that's just, it's not going to happen. Yeah. You're already setting yourself up for failure. Yeah. So look at the calendar be like, oh my gosh, you only have the two-hour work this day. This will be perfect. We could go to dinner at like 5, 5.30. It's kind of early. I'll totally get some. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> or put Gatorade in your boobs, as you said earlier. <laughs> exactly. 
exactly. <laughs> um, so, so if we want to get your, your uh, book, which, which I highly recommend because it's, it's an entertaining read and it's uh, got some great tips for both the athlete and the partners. But where will we go and uh, how can we keep in contact with what you're doing out there? Oh, great. Yeah. Go to howtodateatriathlete.com. And that's my website where you can get the book. Um, And then we'll also be doing a signing at the Ironman World Championships at the famous Lava Java. Yeah. So I'll be over at Lava Java. Yeah. And then um, also to kind of track him for the blog, it's How to Date an Endurance Athlete on Facebook. And that's probably the the funniest part of it. (laughs) Because that's where you're communicating often with people and doing it, aren't you? Exactly, yeah. It's been so much fun. <laughs> How long has the book been out for? Um, the book only came out June 1st. Oh, wow. So it's still so... pretty new. Wow. Mm-hmm. And, and is it going all right? It's going really well, actually. I was, um, you know, you put your, your kind of passion into it. And honestly, I was just like, well, if I sell one copy, honestly, I had so much fun doing it. It was worth it. Yep. But it's kind of scary how many people really, this, there was a need. Yeah. yeah and how many, and it's scary how... I would have thought more women would have purchased it. I would say about 70% of my customers are men. Wow. And that really surprised me. Wow, wow. So I suppose, you know, for the listeners out there, you know, this is an area, while we become great at riding a bike, running and swimming, this can be the area, you know, as as Lauren was saying, that uh, 75% of athletes are divorced. This is an area that we obviously kind of suck at a little bit. And her book is a lighthearted way to really look at picking up some tips that we can take responsibility for in our relationships that we can, you know, actually do our sport in a way we're passionate about, but not lose other areas of our life that are also really important, eh? Hey? Yeah. Oh, I, I think it all comes down to priorities, Seven. Yeah. So it's kind of like what's important to you. And if a relationship's not important, then, then don't drag somebody else into it. Oh, but okay. um, if it's something you want um, and, it, you know, it is important, then I, I think you just got to make sure that – I always tell my husband, as long as you make me feel like a priority, you can do whatever you want. Yeah. You know, as long as I feel like – I might not be, especially during, you know, he, like I said, he qualified for Kona this year, but yep. he keeps making me feel like I am, and that's all that matters. Yep, yep. And, and I think for the athletes out there is that sometimes – we don't value what we've got when till it's gone, you know, and, and for the people who are divorced athletes, I'm sure, you know, while maybe breaking up that relationship was a good thing to do, I'm sure you are missing a lot of aspects of your partners and, and you know, your partner just seems to be doing it pretty well. You know, really it's just about doing the small things well, isn't it? Yeah, it really is. I think it's just really um, making a conscious effort while you're in the relationship because, gosh, it's always good, you know, you always say, well, what if or what if I did this or you know, if I would have just done this one more time, you know, there'll, there'll always be another Ironman. Yeah. You're not always going to have a spouse. Yeah. There's always another race to sign up for, but there's only that one special person, I think, that that yeah. if you really connect with, you'll make it work. Yeah, great. Hey, well, thank you so much for your time. It's been uh, wicked having you on the show. And again, if you want to go to the website, it's howtodateatriathlete.com, and I'll put a link to that on Talk. Dot me this week and you can go through and check that out and uh, get it for your friends, get it for your partner, get it for yourself and uh, tell everyone in the world about it because it's obviously a pretty great book and it's an area us athletes kind of really struggle in. So thanks for your time, Lauren. Thanks so much, Seven, and thanks so much, Iron Man Talk. So that was uh, Lauren Hush from How to Date a Triathlete. Just uh, check out our website, www.imtalk.me, to get uh, a link to her website, and you can go get that book for yourself 
or for your partner because obviously we all want amazing relationships in our lives. Um, I, I thought I'd just do a couple of quick comments before we go into sponsors. And if you go to our website nowadays, you can actually comment on the show. And we got a comment from uh, Get Slated, and he was asking about where we'd put the template that John was talking about for the preparing for a race. Now, if you go to our website and you look on the resources page, which I'm clicking to right now, we have documents from John. So we have general resources, and we've got websites of the weeks. And James the Botel, the wise one Botel, has his uh, all websites of the week up there. But underneath that one, we have documents from John. And at this stage, we just have race plan. If you click on that, that will download that to your desktop or to wherever you save it on your computer, and you'll be able to use the race plan. It's a really good race plan. We actually got quite a few emails from people this week saying how they really appreciate it, and it's a tool they'll definitely use themselves. So www.iamtalk.me, click on resources, and where it says race plan. One other thing we are doing a lot more nowadays is uh, Facebook. So if you want to go on Facebook and check out what's out, uh, just one thing which is quite cool is that you can go on Facebook and ask questions of other IM Talk listeners. And for example, Tim, now he's got a pretty crazy last name, but I'm going to say Wiss Broker, Broker maybe, um, has asked for, a, well, he's looking at buying a new watch. And which watch do you guys recommend that he uses? So if you want to go on Facebook and give him some advice on that, or if you have a question like that yourself, Feel free to do that because it's a really good way just to, for you guys to communicate with each other if you're already on Facebook. Uh, one other thing, John went on there this week and he commented that we have actually arranged an interview with WTC. Now, I think it's next week we've arranged it for, if not the week after. So within the next two weeks, we're definitely going to be interviewing the WTC. And it's quite a good time to be doing this with the changes that they're going to be making. So... John asked if you guys have any questions that you want us to ask the WTC when we get them on the show. Obviously, a lot of the interview is going to be around the changes that they're creating right now, but they've got some big issues at the moment. For example, Ironman Florida with the oil spill, what's going to happen in regards to that race and, and things like that. So we're going to cover all those subjects in the next couple of weeks, particularly when we get WTC on the show. Uh, people did seem to like the video that we did last week, and uh, I got a bit of crap for liking the look at myself on the video. Hey, I was just I was just checking out to make sure that the the positioning of the video was fine, but you know that's okay. It's, where's the love? But uh, it's something we may look to be doing more of in the future as well. But that'd uh, be all good in the hood. Anyway, sponsors. So. As a long-time listener of I Am Talk, which hopefully you are, or if not, maybe you're new to the show, you'll know that uh, Coffees of Hawaii have really been the biggest supporter of our show. They've been around from very early on in the show. And for those who don't know much about Coffees of Hawaii, they're obviously a Hawaiian-based coffee company, and they deliver high-quality product all, all places around the world. You know, every week, emails every week from listeners just saying how they've finally gone and got some coffees of Hawaii and it's going to be something they're going to be buying forever because it's just a really great product. The service they provide, again, we just get emails saying how great they are and if there's ever any problems, they just Albert gets onto it. And So if you are a coffee drinker, which I imagine most of us are, you know, really consider getting some coffees of Hawaii because A, you're going to get a product that you know is great. B, you're supporting us and the uh, Triathlon community because coffees of Hawaii are great at getting behind the people in the community. And C, just do it because we say so. So check out coffeesofhawaii.com and check out all the different flavors they have in their coffees as well because they've got some really great flavors. If you want to get a special, go to www.iamtalk.me and click on our advertisement for Coffees of Hawaii there and it'll take you through to our special page and have particular specials at different times that you can use when you do your ordering. So it's coffeesofhawaii.com. 
Com. Our next main sponsor on the show is Athlinks.com. Athlinks.com is social networking for endurance athletes. And, and John and I often talk about how it's a really great place for you to store all your information about yourself as an athlete. Uh, we know we have the Facebooks of the world nowadays, and that's a real place where people communicate. But Facebook's not really about who you are as an athlete. And this is the one place where you can sit and you can keep all your records of all your races. You can let the people in your community know what you're up to, what you're going to be racing, things that you can be doing uh, in regards to your sporting side of things. Another thing we highly recommend is that you actually get your sports club on here. A lot of a lot of triathlete clubs out there or, or endurance sports clubs out there don't really have the time and energy and money to spend on a website. And that's where Athletes can be a really good answer to that solution for you or that problem for you. And that they provide a place where all your members can jump on Athletes, you can set up a club page, and you can all be communicating about what's happening within your club to make sure the communication of your club is working really well. Athlinks is really the perfect answer for that. So if you're in a club and your website's a bit Mickey Mouse or you don't even have a website, maybe suggest to everybody else in your club that Athlinks could be a way to do this. Go on there, set up a club, get all your members involved, and then that's an easy way for everyone to communicate. One thing we are recommending that you do right now is when you are on Athlinks, particularly the American listeners, is to go on and click on the Extreme Enduro, and it's a free sample that you can go, um, or maybe it's not a free sample, but you get a 20% discount if you use the Athlinks code. And this is uh, obviously a pretty good product. Yvonne Van Vlerken and Timo Brack have been using it, and they highly recommend it. So check it out. I think the idea behind this product is that it's helps you to increase your aerobic threshold. So we'll maybe talk about that in a few weeks. But for now, check out athlinks.com. If you're not already on there, get on there. But if your club's not on there, we highly recommend that you get on there and get your club involved because it's the easiest way in the world for you to check out what your club are doing as a group of people. So what's happening on the show? Over the next couple of weeks, we've got a couple of interviews coming up again. We're going to have WTC, which we're quite excited about because... Uh, last time we had them on the show, we were a little bit soft on them, and I think this time we're actually having an interview with someone we already know, so that helps us to break down the barriers, and, and we've told them that we're, we're not going to make it easy on them. We're not going to be hard, we're not going to be stupid or anything, but we're going to do an interview where we are going to challenge them a little bit more on some of the issues that are coming up in the sport right now. Um, John's still in Poland, but next week we're going to do an interview from the airport. He's going to be in the Singapore airport, so we'll be back to a normal show next week. And uh, just one other quick thing, I do a lot of fitness stuff fitness is my other little life and if you want to i have a website that i've just actually opened up yesterday and it's www.bevanjamesisles.com i'll put a link to that on www.imtalk.me this week but it's just a place where i, I do a lot of writing create a lot of content for general population fitness and uh, my kind of area of excellence is or area of excellence the area i kind of like to focus on is fitness behavior um that's really what i like to kind of kind of nut out so if you've got someone who you know may be struggling with fitness or you just want to check out the website yourself go to www.bevanjamesisles.com and just have a read of what i'm doing i'm really looking to make this into a resource that can help people uh just overcome some of the the behavior battles when it comes to exercise and i'm just a real big believer in trying to create a lifetime love of fitness and what it takes to create that. So uh, check out the website, see what you think, and maybe give me an email to let me know what you think. So thanks for your time today. Thank you very much to Lauren for her time. And again, check out her website, www.howtodatatriathlete.com. And uh, we'll see you same time, same place next week. I'm Russ. I'm Mendo. Train hard, train smart. Kia kaha.